Hello, gentle listeners. As the three weeks of classic brose re-releases draw to a close and Tim is reluctantly reassimilated into society, we at Brose decided to put together a little something extra to wet your palate for the upcoming Broloday special. In the coming episode, you might notice that I am not Matt, and my guest is not Richie or Tim or Tim Stoppelganger. I was joined by Roy Zoga, Twitch streamer and all-around great dude. It was truly a treat to get to know him a little and answer some questions from you. I hope you enjoy. P.S. Even though I'm a bad host and I completely forgot to mention it, I did drink rosé during the session. It was called Olema, and it was fine. Enjoy the episode. Is it just us two, or is anybody else yep. joining us? Nope, it's just us. Okay. You're getting, uh, it's going to get intimate. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Welcome to Brose. Brose. It's where the pets go. So I'm Sean O'Brien, and uh, this week, due to some unfortunate uh, technical difficulties, I'm not joined by my bros and Rose, Matt, Richie, and Tim. Uh, but I am joined by streamer, speedrunner, and Power Rangers fanatic, Roy Zoga. How you doing, Roy? Not too shabby. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I had kind of a rough day. I told you before we started, I got a... A root canal because I am uh, real bad at taking care of or keeping up with dental appointments. So if if you take away one thing from this episode, it's go to the freaking dentist. Take care. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Definitely. Um, so generally, if you've never listened to the show before, uh, the premise is usually uh, that we answer uh, we answer questions submitted by you, the listener about life, the universe, and everything, which you can submit uh, to brosequestions at gmail.com. But we're going to do something a little bit different because of the kind of issue that we had. Um, we're going to get to know someone outside of the brose bubble, which I think will be, which will just be fun for everyone. So, Roy, tell us like a little bit about yourself, just in general. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Roy Zoga. I am a uh, part-time Twitch streamer. Uh, I'm currently an affiliate, but I also work a nine-to-five Monday through Friday. I do IT work. Uh, generally, right now with streaming, I do community-driven games. Uh, so Smash is really big right now. Pokemon is really big right now with Sword and Shield coming out. Uh, just generally things that involve the community. Uh, now you mentioned before uh, speedrunning. Uh, I've I've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, I I had some very unfortunate heart-shattering. Uh, world record attempts in, in some of the categories that I'm very well known for. And uh, I just, I needed a mental break after. So I might yeah. be returning to them in the new year, but I do not know yet. Yeah. Cause I saw that you were doing, you did RPG speed runs, mm-hmm. which are like generally fairly time intensive. So it's not like if you, if you lose, if you miss, if you miss a world record by like a slim margin, you still have sunk hours of your life. Yeah. Which is pretty brutal, mm-hmm. but um, but I want to I want to say so I want to talk about how I found you because I was 
just kind of random. I was playing Smash and I was just randomly searching through lobbies and your lobby came up and it had your Twitch handle. And, you know, sometimes it's it's fun to go into like a Twitch streamer's lobby because then you get to watch yourself play and you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. So I joined I joined your lobby and then I was just I was legitimately blown away by how positive you were. And just how like, yeah, but how like nice you were to all of your, you were, you were just offering advice to people as they were losing and people would be like, ah, I can't believe that happened. You'd be like, well, you know, you'd offer, you'd offer advice on how to, they could improve their game, which I don't know is part of for the course. Cause I don't generally watch a ton of Twitch. I don't, I don't watch it. like follow a ton of streamers, but I was genuinely, that was so heartwarming to me just to see that kind of, you're trying to build a community in that way. Well, I appreciate you saying so. And I mean, like, with with Twitch specifically, um, I don't actually know that much uh, in terms of Smash on Twitch, in terms of people um, offering that kind of advice. It's just kind of something that was, uh, funny enough to say, beat into me uh, from a, a young fighting game player age. Um, like, when I first started mm-hmm. playing, you know, fighting games more seriously or more competitively, and uh, I'm... I'm considered what uh, what the FGC considers an O-Niner. So, like, Street Fighter Four was, like, my first big venture, though I didn't really get into it until 2012. Mm. Um, but, like, from there, it was always, your community is only as strong as your weakest person. So instead of berating them and telling them how bad they are, you should work with them and try to uh, help them improve because at the end of the day, we're all trying to have a good time. And if the other person wants to improve, that's the most important thing. Or if they just want to have fun and it doesn't matter and they are having fun, then it doesn't matter. That's dope. So that was, I was going to ask you about this later, but that's a really good transition because there is so much, I find there's so much toxicity in, in video games kind of in general, but especially the the FGC, um, just because it's, it is a very, it's a hyper competitive kind of bubble to be in and it's it can be it can be pretty brutal and then sometimes i think i've seen in a couple of your twi- your streams sometimes the chat will get a little bit salty and but you tend not to really you i i really appreciate that you don't play into that like even if even if you're not going to call someone out and you know you it's not your job to be their dad but it is nice to see that you don't that's not what you're fostering you're all about everybody kind of lifting each other up and that's yeah. dope and I mean, I, I try my best with that sort of thing. There are there are definitely times like I'm not perfect. I'm not a saint. Like there are times where I get salty. I've definitely thrown my controller a few times on stream. I've definitely <laughs> gotten salty. But like, I think I think I usually say this like right after I have like a really salty moment. I'll go like, you know, it's temporary salt. You always give the GG unless like you yourself know you played poorly. It's like I just played like crap and I SD'd three times. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that wasn't a <laughs> GG. That was that was a bad G. Yeah. But um, I I always try to keep things mostly positive. Um, I will try and squash things that I think get out of hand. Um, but for the most part, I kind of just let people hash things out because I feel like it's better that way for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I'm not super into fighting games. Smash is the only one I play fairly seriously in that I put a ton of hours in. Like, I'm not good, mm-hmm. but I, I have definitely put in the miles or whatever. But like... Understandable. Yeah, but just seeing, I don't know. It even even in in Smash, which is kind of a, it is. I think 
it, it can be taken seriously, but it seems like it started. And one of the reasons it's so popular is because it is a good party game to play for fun with your friends. Yeah, but definitely. even even with that, you have you have people just trying to be, you know, absolute butts. <laughs> it's actually it's funny that you, you talk about it being a party game because I, I have a lot of friends that aren't into Smash competitively or aren't into fighting games like that. And um, <laughs> it, I, I literally can't play Smash with them in that way. Just I think since probably Smash 4 came out mm-hmm. or even even brawl a little bit it's been it, it's been that meme of you know no items and you know not jank stages and, and trying to win and stuff like that it's been like that for a while and i don't know if it's just me or my taste or something but i have not been able to enjoy smash you, as like a you are right i can't really play it. <laughs> i can't really play it online i can't really play it with my friends i can but like i know it is a complete i have to really change my perspective on it because it's because you're right I very much like playing with people like in those strict rule sets, like three stock on yep. only these stages. And because it's, because for me, that's what's fun, but it is a, it's purely like, it's like Mario Kart where it's like, I'm, you can be, I can be so much better than you, but you just get blue shell and you're out. So, you know, it's, you just really have to shift your focus and be okay with losing, even though you yeah. know you're better. Like, I mean, I, that, it's funny that you mentioned Mario Kart because Mario Kart's another uh, casual community game that we do play. And, and that's funny enough, something I've been able to keep both balanced in being really competitive and just trying to have a good time because mm-hmm. Mario Kart's 100% one of those games where like you could be the best player and playing online and doing really, really well. And you could 100% just get screwed over by items um, that three people behind you could get you know blue shell lightning bolt you know three red shells and you're just done so it's just you pick your times to be (laughs) super competitive and you pick your times to just throw your hands up in the air and laugh because there wasn't anything you could do and it's just all about having fun you just gotta let it happen sometimes you gotta go with that flow especially in that game um Mm -hmm. but so i do have some questions for you outside of about you yourself Mm -hmm. so if you could weigh in this one was submitted by uh, listener David Bennett, also uh, at one point co-hosted the show Ooh, uh, and did not understand <laughs> the premise and got hammered. Uh, so wh- oh, what would okay. you... Yeah, <laughs> he was fine. He, he slept over uh, that day. He did not drive home. What would, you, <laughs> what would you pay to have a robot that does the laundry of those in your home for the rest of your life? Keep in mind... You still have to pay the pay for the washer and dryer. Also, this includes ironing and hanging and the hanging of the clothes in your closet. So, how much would you pay, basically, to never have to do laundry again, ever? Probably nothing. Um, but I'm I'm very That's odd a hot in take. that. Sense. Yeah, so I'm really I'm really odd in that sense. And for those of you that are you know know me from my stream or know me from my Discord, you may have heard me complaining a lot in the past three or four months probably closer to four months now um about how terrible my dryer's been and how it's broken twice so now that i have a working dryer it's actually like oh my god i can do laundry again and it's almost (laughs) like it's it's really it's really funny in an awkward way that it's it's kind of therapeutic for me um like i'll i'll put on a movie i'll do some laundry i'll fold the laundry while i'm watching the movie and it's it's like a way for me to pull myself out of oh hey i'm working or oh hey i'm playing a game or oh hey i'm streaming and it's like 
yeah, but I'm a person too. I can relax. And like the laundry kind of grounds me. And that's like really weird to say, but it like, you know, I'm a person. I got to do laundry. I'm not some super fancy rich person that has a robot to do my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, hold on one second. I'll be right back. This portion of the Rose podcast brought to you by interrupting sound effects in the background. <laughs> okay. My okay. bad. My, uh, my wife was putting my daughter to bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the baby monitor was on her. I'm in my room. I'm in our bedroom, and the baby monitor was on the, uh, just like next to me. And I started mm-hmm. to hear "Rockabye." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well." But anyway, not rich guy. So I'm going to. <laughs> I, I might edit that out, and I might not. We'll see. We're we'll kind of loosey goosey. Uh, I'll edit out the 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 quiet at least. The but, quiet, yeah. So you would not because. So I agree with you in that I also, um, I use the dishes. That's my decompress at the end of the day. Like I don't like doing laundry. So I would pay $10,000 a year probably to not have to do laundry. I know that's, it seems like a lot, but that's, oh wait, that's a shitload of money. Never mind. That is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Uh, I was like, do you got $10,000 there? I'll do your laundry for you. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have that much money. Um, okay, yeah, that was too much. Uh, I'm really bad at math, so let's <laughs> scale, let's scale that back. It would it would probably be like twelve hundred dollars. So I'd probably pay a hundred dollars a month. I think that's reasonable. That's actually not that bad, considering what people uh, pay for things in terms of utilities. You can think about yeah. electric bills and water for mm-hmm. everything. Um, yes. So I would pay twelve hundred dollars on top of my utilities. Mm-hmm. for a robot which is i think i think reasonable but i i do i know that chores for me are very much a they help me decompress after a long stressful day at work i come Definitely. home do some laundry shut off your brain watch some tv or something in the background it's so nice it's yeah. so nice it, it cannot be i cannot stress enough how helpful that can be um, it's nice to, nice to be menial every once in a while. Of course, yeah. Especially if you have a high-stress job. My job isn't super high-stress. It's just there's a lot of volume. So it's nice It's uh, it's nice to just, you know, turn the volume down a little bit mm-hmm. for that 45 minutes or however long it takes to do all my dishes. Yeah. Now, to shift gears. This, sure. what you will find is that this this podcast is generally one where gears are shifted pretty hard. Mm-hmm. All the time. Like if this were okay. a stick shift car, our transmission would be just absolutely effed <laughs> from the jump. If you say so. <laughs> but um, so why did you begin streaming? So you used to, was it just be just to get your speed runs out there? What, like what drew you to it? All right. So I guess it's, I guess it's two stories. One is starting streaming and the other is starting speed running. Mm-hmm. Um, I first started streaming in July. I, I always forget, like, specifically when. I always say, like, late, late July. Like, I'm talking, like, the late 20s of July. So I usually just say August is the beginning of my streaming career of 2017. Okay. And that was, like, uh, I think when GDQ really came into the the limelight and uh, oh. streamers in general were, were really starting to, like, boom a little bit more. And it, it became... Uh, more lucrative. Overwatch was uh, becoming an esport. 
uh, and things like that. And I was like, you know what? If these people can do it, I can do it. And I'm going to, I was, I was really stupid. I was really naive. And I was like, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play games and I'm going to just make tons of money because everyone's going to watch me play games for no reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I quickly realized that wasn't the case. And I just, I, I wish I realized that sooner. And I wish I had spent the time buying games and trying to make things look cool instead putting it towards things that mattered you know like <laughs> yeah. like one of those hindsight's always 2020 of course um but speed running uh maybe started like two or three months after i started streaming and one of the big reasons for it was um my computer that i had when i first started streaming was actually hot garbage Hmm. Um, I had to like completely rebuild my computer because I was trying to stream like Overwatch and Overwatch is at least a mildly high resource intense game while you're streaming at least. Yeah. Because um, of things that are going on. And sure, you can like turn down graphic details and everything like that. But in like 2017, my computer was like, sure, you could probably play the game, but <laughs> streaming it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I started speedrunning Resident Evil 2 like 1998 resident evil 2 Ooh, what a pick um and that was because i watched a lot of speedrunners like uh bok basoop uh maxi lobes uh an eternal enigma a lot of other like resident evil speedrunners and silent hill speedrunners and, and people like that uh really like pushed me into that direction or, or made me think oh if they can do it like i can do it but mm-hmm. then what really got me into speedrunning was funny enough maxi lobes um i think this was like I want to say like September, October of 2017, maybe even later than that. I need to double check the dates. But um, uh, my main game for speedrunning is Dot Hack, like the Dot Hack franchise, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a JRPG series from the early 2000s. Uh, On the and then PS2. later had, yep. And mm-hmm. then later had uh, another trilogy after the first quadrilogy called GU. Mm. And in, it was either late 2017 or early 2018. There's an HD collection for it. And Maxi Lobes was running it, and I was watching him as a viewer, and I was like, wait a minute. People speedrun dot hack, and I loved dot hack. So mm. me me going, oh, it'd be so cool to like have something to compare to a streamer that I watch and be able to talk to them about it. And from there I just started grinding and then eventually went into the original quadrilogy, and that's how I got into RPG speedrunning and realized that that was more my niche than speedrunning horror games because god did i not do well in resident evil <laughs> yeah but that's i do also i very much like the speedrunning community because it is so it's it's similar to why i started following you was because it's so positive it's everyone trying to help everyone else get better like I, it seems as though the speedrunning community is like you said only as good as weakest link so everyone's trying it's it's really kind of an internal pressure that everyone's putting on each other to keep everyone good and everyone's always coming up and sharing their, uh, their strats and stuff like that. I will agree with that for the most part. Um, Okay. I won't go, I won't go into specific categories or games, but I will say that it's in speedrunning. in in case people that listen are interested in speedrunning or anything like that. Yes. Speedrunning is great. It's a ton of fun, especially when you love the game and you have people to share the experience with. Mm -hmm. However, not everything is sunshine and rainbows. Um, there's there's drama uh people will want a game to be run in a very specific way with this limitation and if it's not something that you want to run or you think a run isn't 
you know, as fun as another variant of the run and you are voting for that variant. Um, and then that gets voted against, like you're kind of at the mercy of who's running things. Um, mm. and, and something that a lot of people take for granted is routing. Um, and I only started to get more of an appreciation for your routers. Like thank your routers. If you're a speedrunner. be sure to thank the people <laughs> that routed your games because, when I started routing dot rerouting uh dot hack mutation and dot hack outbreak, which is part two and part three of that franchise, oh my god. Uh <laughs> I I swear to god I almost like I almost quit that franchise forever because of how stressful, how alone I felt. Um and I later got help from the community, but when I was running it myself, I was burning a candle at both ends because yeah. of how crazy it was. That's wild. Because yeah. it's 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 very there's it seems like from an outsider perspective obviously is it should be that's the preface for everything I'm going to say about speedrunning because I do I do watch generally I'll watch GDQ after yeah. the fact like I watch I'll watch catch and only games that I'm interested in but yeah. like um but it does seem like there's this I think it kind of gets lost in the discourse a little bit how hyper analytical you have to be in order to do it. Because. Yeah, and especially with certain games, like we 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 take for granted, like Resident Evil Two is a very simple speed run. When mm-hmm. you when you break it down, you look at it. It's this zombie can act in this way at this specific time, so we're gonna act this way and juke this way and mm-hmm. either shoot it or don't shoot it and keep going. But like with something like Dot Hack, there because it's an RPG and a lot of RPGs are like this. There's like hidden numbers we don't see and not necessarily just RNG because there is a ton of RNG mm-hmm. uh, random number generator for those of you that are uh, <laughs> not familiar with speedrunning, meaning randomness. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot of hidden variables that <laughs> a lot smarter people than I uh, had to delve into the ca- the game's code and break it down and then recreate it into something the rest of the community could understand. Yeah, and it it seems like a lot of that can be lost by a casual viewer because you're just seeing. Generally, you'll you'll see it on you know GDQ, or you'll see it on YouTube, and it is the culmination of so much work, hours and hours. Like I think I was watching today, I saw somebody speed running. Um, it was the, it was like the single person mode in uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm-hmm. And he did it in like seven, almost in under eight minutes. And you talking you about the zero it. video where he sat down with the, the speedrunner for Melee? Uh, I think I just saw the video. I didn't mm. see zero. I didn't see zero respond to it. But it's bananas. Because, yeah. you know, what? like, it's just like you, you, you have like that. It looks so simple, but there's no way it is. Like people are still playing Melee at this level and like finding yeah. new meta all the time. And it's. It's it's unreal the amount of hours that it's lifetimes have been put into this at this point. It's crazy. It's so I will good. say if you, if you have not gotten the chance to and not unintentional plug for zero, but that video is actually really nicely done because the the speedrunner basically explains what I just explained and that a lot of a lot of things go over people's heads and they don't realize how long it actually takes to culminate these things. Yeah, wild, absolutely yeah. wild. I love it. I that's why I do love GDQ because they kind of they'll they have the couch to run you through what's going on. So even as somebody who doesn't speed run or even doesn't play that game, you can appreciate the technical skill that's going into mm-hmm. making it look so seamless. That's Definitely. dope as hell. Um <laughs> all right. So hard shift. Would yeah. you rather 
be caught picking your nose or picking a wedgie? Picking a wedgie, probably. Like, picking your nose is still pretty, like, I don't know. Like, if I had a tissue, maybe. <laughs> but, like, picking a wedgie is still, like, I could, I could legitimately, like, if I get caught picking a wedgie, I could be like, I was picking a wedgie. Like, I don't care. Yes. Like, pe- people get them. But, like, picking your nose is, like, it's harder to make an excuse for that other than being gross. Yeah. I th- like, get we- a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you. I don't, I don't think handle yourself a yeah. little bit i think yeah wedgies happen you gotta you can you can yeah. handle that but we have specific accoutrement for your nose yeah <laughs> that you can get exactly um yeah also but i mean either one is it's not that bad i don't really we go over this a lot uh no i don't think any of anyone on this podcast has that much shame roy might be excluded from that but just like we wouldn't be doing this <laughs> podcast if, if we if we cared that much what other people thought about us in those in those very small moments. Like it it is always kind of fun though to see that happen to someone else. Like to watch someone picking a wedgie from afar and just know it's kind of like a special feeling because you're like I'm the only person who saw that and we shared a moment even if that person doesn't know it because they were just picking their wedgie innocuously. <laughs> you have something. You have something that you can never. You'll never, uh, you'll never forget. <laughs> I can not. remember. Yeah, I can remember every wedgie I've ever seen picked. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. So this one, I want to talk about. This is going to get serious a little bit. Okay. I, do is there a difference between Roy, the streamer, and Roy? the person by which i mean like how how much of your streaming persona in quotes is performative versus who you really are i'd say it's like like 95 percent me five percent performance mm-hmm. um the fight the 95 percent me is i'm a very loud talkative social person Mm. um that literally just wants people to have a good time and I, I want everybody to like each other even though that's very unrealistic i i just try and i make it so you know people have a good time um i'd say the five percent that's like not real or is like an act or persona mm-hmm. as a lot of people like to use with twitch um i'd say is uh sometimes how polite i am because mm. like in person i'm definitely a lot more willing to like drop f-bombs and curse mm-hmm. and if someone pisses me off i'll curse them out like yeah I, I tend i actually funny enough streaming is something that i feel like made me come out of my shell in that in person because i think i want to say maybe like a year and a half into streaming i finally just went why do i care what people think like offline i started going why do i care what people think about me i'm me i'm gonna do me like they don't matter so i started like taking that approach a lot more offline mm-hmm. um to have a little bit more self pride, and I still have that pride when I stream and everything. But it's I definitely don't curse people out in chat. I try to be, you know, <laughs> I try to be very understanding and very like, you know, humble and like, hey, you guys can like come hang out. It's no worries. But I'd say I'd say it's mostly me. I'd say like like I said, ninety five percent. The other five percent being, I definitely swear a lot more offline. Yeah. Okay. That's that makes sense. I think. I know from I somebody actually I was talking to a friend of mine about this podcast and they uh, they told me that 
all four of the bros who generally host are have gotten a lot more emotionally aware by being on this podcast because generally a lot of the stuff that we talk about is very personal is deeply personal Mm -hmm. and also we're drinking so it gets a little bit easier (laughs) to do that (laughs) inhibitions lowered and whatnot exactly like we never we never really get out of hand but generally it it does make it easier especially you know uh as men to do that because Mm -hmm. for a long time we were told not to it's kind of it's the the tone is shifting a little bit uh but it is it is because and that's what i was wondering about because like i still have a lot of trouble being i am much less of a i'm much less annoying outside of the podcast i would say like i'm much i say a lot of really dumb stupid stuff on the podcast that i would not say in real life and like i do have a lot of moments where i'm like <laughs> so a little bit of history of the show literally the first thing that i said was that i have two dicks which is which is wild and not something i would say in real life and it took me maybe a month to realize that like my mom would hear that and i was like i'm a i am a fool <laughs> I am a I am a jester. <laughs> Nobody takes I mean, take me seriously. Listen, sometimes I do not. sometimes it's important though. Like <laughs> it was it was not. It was it was so. I think it was just it was kind of there is. Was there a transition period for you when like was it that you you stopped caring what people think? Do you think that made you a better streamer? Because for for me, that kind of stuff has kind of been tamped down a little bit as I've become more comfortable talking in a right. in a fairly performative way like you know if you were if you meet me on the street i might i'm a little bit more introverted and generally mm-hmm. a little bit i've i have i have incredible anxiety so you're gonna meet a different person offline generally i'll be nice right. and i i appreciative but not i'm a little bit more reserved but okay. like do you think do you think there was was there that kind of moment for you where you went from being because because i also tried streaming for a little bit like i was just streaming undertale i wasn't trying to run it or anything i was just like let me just stream i'm just gonna play through and we'll see what happens and it was just very uncomfortable for me to be in the I don't light, like, like yeah i don't like people looking at me but obviously like a little bit i do because i do a podcast you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i do no i do i understand <laughs> But what, um, where, where was that for you? Where, or did you so have that? I, I will say that when I say I don't care what people think about me, it's not in the literal sense of, oh, nothing anybody says to me matters. Obviously, what people say to me is going to matter. But, like, I feel like every streamer, if you stick with it long enough, um, you either stop streaming or you at least develop a little bit of a thicker skin um, to the point of when you have that random guy you know, that says something completely inappropriate or racist or, you know, Mm. promoting genocide and like random (laughs) crap like that, that you see on Twitch because people are idiots. Mm -hmm. Um, You eventually almost become desensitized to it and you learn to laugh at it. Cause if it's one thing that at least in my experience that Twitch trolls hate is when you laugh at them, not with them or like you get, you get like your Twitch chat to like team up on them. So what, what I learned to do is kind of like, stop a moment analyze 
and like does this person matter no all right roast them yeah if it's if it's something that's straight up not funny or if i think it is actually funny i might roll with it for a second or two or if i i'm not sure where they're actually going and they're just trying to be cringy for the attention mm-hmm. there are some times where people are just cringy online and they think it's funny to do that but when you start talking to them like an actual person it melts away and they're like oh i can actually talk to this person and i don't have to be fake um and that's where it boils back down to uh with i guess changing in person um i have always been like this offline i've always been a very loud outspoken talkative person uh very easily excitable um probably always with a bit of a profanity thing going on uh but i i will say that streaming at first definitely did not help my confidence um it it definitely made me a lot more self-conscious um but forced me to be a lot more self-aware of what i appreciate in myself and what i don't like in myself so i could be like all right well i should work on this and oh i don't really care about this side of myself i'm just gonna embrace it so now you know, two years and change into it, I can be like, all right, well, even though I'm not a huge streamer, I could at least tell a troll to get out and that they're not funny without actually seeming angry and forcing them to leave because they're getting laughed at by chat. Yeah. And you you seem to have a pretty solid community backing you. You know, everyone in your chat always seems fairly supportive of you and each other. So I think it seems like you have, you have fostered in a really impressive way of a very pleasant community of, I mean, I think mature might not be the right word, but that's when it <laughs> comes to the, poor yeah, but for the internet, you know, like yeah. they, they don't seem to be, I haven't seen in your, I, I, I mean, admittedly, I haven't watched, I've, I've probably seen your stream tens of times, but not like, I'm not like watching it every, cause you, you stream every day, right? No, I or, stream. Oh, wait, except Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Or Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. So, two, so Tuesday through Friday and Saturdays earlier in the day. Yeah. So that's, yes. But but when I, what I have seen have been, anytime that kind of stuff comes up, everyone does treat it as an anomaly and like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I think I'm, I think I'm really lucky in that sense to, to have the, the people and the support that I've culminated to this point and um i will say shout outs to my mods um ryuhi mimic uh Sinerian, reprogram like they have they have definitely been with me for a long time mm. um they've, they've definitely put up with a lot of my uh depression and anxiety and frustrations and completely turning my stream on its head considering i started out wanting to play overwatch and then moved into resident evil 2 speedrunning, and then moved into okay i'm just gonna play casual games and now i'm doing community games and song requests with smash and it was it was never something that i thought that i was going to enjoy or have fun with but like i don't know it's just it's cr- kind of crazy how things develop from there for sure i mean even with this podcast we started with kind of a really rigid idea of what we wanted to do and mm-hmm. i honestly don't know how it got to be where it is now it's wild it just it was a natural progression of you know this is what we like and this is what we don't so we do more of the stuff that we like like answering the dumb not dumb isn't the right word but answering the kind of benign questions like would you rather be caught picking your nose or and then like also the really deep questions when we have to and mm-hmm. get it like we like having that balance of very serious 
and very not serious. Because yeah, I mean, balance of the two. yeah, and you can only define a hot dog or define a sandwich so many times, but we do every time because. But, but is a hot dog a sandwich? That's the question, and yes. <laughs> 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 I, I honestly, I think we got the most heated we've ever gotten on the podcast is. I don't think it's going to be released because it was one of the episodes that got completely messed up. Uh, but it, okay. yeah, but. We, we, the only time I've ever, or we've ever had to move on from a question, not because we were kind of just rehashing the same point over and over again or whatever. Like we've talked about, we had a, we had a really long conversation about gun control. We had a really long conversation about should, whether or not billionaires should exist. Like we've had very serious political conversations. And the only thing that ever made me say, we need to move on because we're gonna we're getting too mad at each other was whether or not whether or not cereal <laughs> is soup that was the only time it was the only time we've like we've we've answered what constitutes a burrito it didn't get that heated for some reason whether or not a cereal is soup really really got people mad <laughs> and i don't know why we were so upset about it but we had to move on only time it's ever happened Alrighty, so what do, what do you think weigh in roy no one will ever hear our thoughts i think we ended up I think my my point was it's like a gazpacho, but what would you say? <laughs> is cereal soup? No, cereal is okay. not soup. Cereal. Listen, listen, that's fine. We got into a whole thing. If it ever <laughs> comes out, <laughs> I disagree with you, Roy, but that's okay. We're going to keep on trucking. Uh, we do have a question submitted by Charlie Brem that I would like you to I would like you to think about for a second. What sure. what smell stinks so bad <laughs> that it hurts to remember? Please be specific. <laughs> um, that's a hard one. It is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I feel like the only ones that I can think of that are, like constantly go back is like the like cat related things. Yes, I was gonna say my like dog farts. So we have two dogs. And their farts consistently are the worst smelling things in the world, I think. Unfortunately, I'm allergic to cats, as is my wife. So we can't have oh. cats. I, lo- I love cats. Listen. I love cats. I want. I wish I could have a cat so bad. I love them so much. They're, they're like mm. so low maintenance, but also sometimes very high maintenance. Everyth- yeah. it's, it's everything. It's like rolling mm. a di- it's, it's the RNG of pets. Oh gosh! Yeah, no. Um, I would, I would probably say, uh, like a major accident from, uh, an animal would probably constitute the worst thing I've ever smelled. I think probably, probably what I would have to think of is I used to live with my parents, and uh, we were a very like animal happy centric house. And I remember this one time, uh, our dog had a huge accident. I'm talking like. Oregon trail levels of dysentery. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, it wasn't that smell that killed me. It was like the rug cleaner that like really Oof. made me want to gag. Mm-hmm. Like just something about it was just nauseating. Yeah, just real chemically, but in like, yeah. a, not a good way. No, it wasn't uh, like bleach. It wasn't like Windex or like pledge. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. I, I can't even describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause bleach has like bleach, isn't a good smell, but it smells 
like, like it's leash. doing something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this was like, I think I just made it worse. <laughs> the the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, oh, skunk is bad too. When I was a kid, my next door neighbor's dog got wrecked by a skunk. Ooh. And it was right outside our windows. Oh, and it's no. made our whole it made our whole house smell like skunk for like a week. That sucks. Skunk cuz you can smell skunk on the road and you're like, "Okay. That's weird yeah, and like, bad." Where is this thing? Yeah, but when it's right next to you, it is another monster. It's a whole nother oh, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so I got confused for a moment cuz I didn't know where I was going to go, but now I do. Okay. <laughs> what um what do you think if you could say one thing to your community what would it be like you are very appreciative of the people who follow you as is evident by just the general demeanor with which you you know comport yourself as you're talking to them like it's i really want i keep coming back to this but one of the reasons i reached out was because it's so obvious that it's not it's not a symbiotic relationship in a bad way, but it's like you really care about the people who are watching you. We're taking the time out of their day to to you know be part of what you're doing, and I I feel that way too. Even though we don't say it as much, and it's a little bit different in the podcast space because it's not so one on one. But we genuinely appreciate every single person who listens in a yeah. way that I don't think they know. You know what I mean? Like it's it yeah. is. It's so nice, even in a even even beyond just the validation that like people are enjoying what you're putting out. Just there is something else that is kind of indescribable, you know. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. At least on the the podcast end, I've been I've definitely been on my fair share of podcasts and tried to run my fair share of podcasts and been invited on friends, you know, fair share of podcasts. And I I know what that's like of the. The, the feeling of almost validation you get or or feeling of um, self-worth when you see someone comment or someone view it or someone favorite it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for streaming, at least, um, I think for me, originally it started, I just wanted to do it. And um, I, I, I was so cocky that I, I, I thought I'd be able to make it like easy. And I think, of course, I think a lot of people think it's probably going to be super easy because people are just playing video games and everything. Mm-hmm. And then as you go on, you, you slowly realize how much harder it is. And just like a podcast, you realize how much harder it is to to keep audiences engaged and wanting to listen and wanting to support. So when you get that feeling of validation, when you get that support, when you get the people coming back and talking to you and things like that, it really, it, it's very humbling and... Um, it, it makes it feel like you're doing something right. At least to me, um, it definitely makes me feel appreciated mm-hmm. um, in my endeavors. Obviously, like, I don't think anybody's parents at, at my age when I started streaming, because I was, God, was I 22 or 23? I think I was 23 when I first started streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 22. God, I don't even know now. <laughs> um, but like, I was still living at home. Uh, I, I actually had a good job at the time. So like I, I was in it, I was doing, I was doing that. I was saving up for a place, but like it very much started to like bleed into, you know, relationships and social things. And 
you know, you don't get the support from the people that you expect to get the support from. So when you get it from strangers and you get it from, Mm -hmm. um, people that keep coming back and keep supporting you, it's, uh, it's validation, you know, it's, it feels good to, to be appreciated and it feels good to be wanted and it feels good to be, uh, liked and to, to know that you're doing something good. Yeah. We, we were lucky. I think all of the, all of us on the podcast, like we, we were, I think the, the youngest of us was 28, I think when we started and, but we all had other stuff going on. You know, we all had jobs. Like I have a house. We were like, we were like, we were fine. And we did this for fun, but it, it was kind of a, we had a nut, we have a, we have a very good support structure for this. Like my, my wife, Mary compiles all of the questions for us, which is like something that she definitely doesn't have to do, <laughs> but she does, she does it. Cause she, I don't know. She's, a plus job, Mary. So, <laughs> um, okay. So, I have. Okay, I have two more questions for you. One is okay. Uh, one was submitted, and I have one more that I, to be completely candid, forgot, and hopefully will remember while we're talking about this question. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, <laughs> so, if you could only have one flavored chip for the rest of your life. What would it be? One flavor. I mean, what kind of chip is it? A potato chip? What other kind of chips are there? I mean, like, there's tortilla chips, there's, like, baked, there's, like, kettle cooked, (sighs) there's, like, blue corn, you know, Doritos, like, there's a lot of different types of chips. Okay. (laughs) What kind of chip are we talking about? Okay, you're you're getting crazy, and I I appreciate, this is exactly what I want. (laughs) You need to take this seriously, thank you. We, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say potato chip, but I could also go with Dorito. Oh man, this is a hard question now. I'm going to say potato chip just for ease. And it can be, it can encompass the baked or the kettle cooked, just a potato chip. You can listen, whatever you want. I'd probably go with just like generic baked Lay's or like generic baked ruffles. Um, the the baked ruffles are a new appreciation of mine. Where like mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I really like baked lays because you know they're they're that good uh, source of salty and you know crunch everything. And then you get the ruffles, and it's like they're just a little bit harder. And when you bite into it, it like you get that that feeling. Like it's not kettle cooked, but it's a little bit harder than a baked lay. Yeah, so I would I would say probably baked ruffles and plain, like just salt potato chip. yeah i mean if i'm gonna be eating it forever like, oh that's that is true i wasn't the, yeah. i was gonna say a, a, the, the uts sour cream and onion chip are so good they have they're like different they they're more have like a pringle texture where it's like yeah. it's not so much a, a chip as like chip particles that have been fused <laughs> so i think uh yeah Ooh, i might go with a plane then too just because you gotta Maybe like a lightly salted one too, because I feel like I I don't drink enough water as it is, and I feel terrible. So that would just make it worse if it was that salty. And I assume generally that this is all I'm eating for the rest of my entire life. So, uh, so I'm gonna go with the, like a light salt because I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, oh my god. I remembered the question I had for you, and then it okay. flew away again. Oh, no. But that's okay. Oh, I remember. Got it. I'm not going to edit myself stumbling over myself, because 
the listeners need to know that I'm a dumb idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be uh, insincere if I made myself sound smarter. Oh, um, I'm so sure. <laughs> but have do you have the kind of support structure that I was talking about? Where like, do you have? I don't want to. If you don't want to tell me, that's fine. But like, do you have like a partner? Or anybody who's like in your life and do they support what you're doing? Like, does your family get behind it? Because like as dumb and borderline inappropriate as this podcast can be, like my parents listen to every single episode and talk to me about it. They're usually not happy. Like they only talk about like they only talk about like the two dicks and like, why did you say that? Or like you, you curse too much. And I'm like, okay, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm 30. I got that. But, but like, do you have, but like generally though, are all of our friends, obviously Mary, who gives us, does the questions and, you know, we, we, they are supportive and do listen to it. So do you have that with your streaming and do you have that? I don't know. So there's a combination of yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start, I'll start on the, the significant other thing. Um, I do have a boyfriend. Um, we've been dating for maybe two years and like a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Um, and we plan on moving in together sometime this coming year oh that's really um, that's that's great <laughs> congratulations so, thank you um so that's really exciting and he's he's incredibly uh supportive um especially in the in emotional department um because I'm, I'm sure as many people have heard at least you know the rumors of it or you know the people complaining online twitch streaming is very draining uh emotionally and mentally um uh, so having having a support unit to vent to is is very nice and uh, he's he's definitely been uh, a bit of a punching bag for some of my my downward spirals. And I really appreciate that. So mm-hmm. if he's listening. Thank you so much. Um, in terms of uh, friends, I would I would say like 95 percent of my friend group is like super supportive. Um, there there are some friends that I'm like. I kind of wish like you actually came by the stream more mm-hmm. or like just left it on in the background, you know? Yeah. But I don't want to call them out because that's kind of rude. And then there's <laughs> the friends that are like, oh, yeah, I have Twitch Prime. They're like, remind me to use it on you every month. I'm like, I don't want to remind you to pay me money. That yeah. sounds like that that's sounds real. so weird. Mm-hmm. That's real gauche. That'd be that'd be a weird ask to be like, yeah, it'd be like so- Venmoing them for like, you know. Be like, hey, give me fifty. Give me, give me. I don't know how much. How much? I never mind. But like, it would okay. be a weird. It would be a weird ask to be like, give me, give me a tiny bit of money every week. That's 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 honestly what it feels like. And I I I always tell them, I'm like, listen, I don't I don't really want to ask you for this. So like the ones that do just come by and like sub or or prime sub or even just come by and watch, like I super appreciate it. But then always in the back of my head, I'm like, I know this person in real life, and. Mm-hmm. I talk about my stream and they've never once come by or watched me. And I'm like, it kind of hurts, but it does. It's, it's like whatever. Cause the people that I actually care about do support me in that. But the last part of it is family. And I will say the family is very hit or miss. Um, mm-hmm. My sister, I think is incredibly supportive, but I think she's just supportive in anything I do really. Um, her mm-hmm. and I are super close. We've been through a lot together in our lives. Um, I think my parents mean to be well and supportive, but I think there's just that generation gap that they, they don't understand. And even when I try and sit down and explain it to them, like the amount of time that I put in or energy or, 
you know, mental whatever, I, I, I still think it probably goes over their head because they're like, oh, well, you're just playing video games. I don't understand why it could be so stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, more so recently, because I feel like I've been on an upswing of um, just general quality uh, comparatively to the my last two years of streaming. Uh, I can I can be like, hey, I got, you know, X, Y, Z subs or I have X, Y, Z followers. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then not really know how to progress a conversation about it from there because it's just a gap. And then yeah. there's another side of my family, which I'm not going to say specifically who they are in case they ever listen. But <laughs> very, very much so is very frustrating in the sense of it feels like they are the opposite of supportive in the sense of. They're telling me to give up and that I'm not spending enough time on real world things. And I know that they were in a similar situation, not with video games, but with doing something that they were incredibly passionate about. And it always Mm -hmm. kind of depresses me that it's very hypocritical that it feels like they started in a very similar situation and took a very long time to now get where they are doing exactly what they love. And Mm -hmm. now I'm in that situation and albeit it's a different field and a very, you know, different market and everything, but they are they are like anti support. And it's yeah, it hurts, you know? Yeah. It, it hurts I, when, when a family member is like that. Exactly. And not not to bad talk not to shit talk your family, but like fuck them a little bit. But like they, Yeah, because, a little bit. <laughs> but not but of of course, you know, it's it's your family, so that that's always a rough situation to be in. And like I I was incredibly lucky though for this. So one of the nicest things that's ever happened to me was when I was in college, my dad had started doing stand up comedy and mm-hmm. he was he was older, you know. And he one semester gave me he was like, Here is the money that I made doing stand up for you to like, you know, live off of or whatever. And he oh. was like, yeah, so he, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was, you know, he was, he was, just, it was more the symbol of it where it's like, this is money that I made doing something that I love. So, you know, let this be kind of, if you love something, get at it. And it was, it has stuck with me for years now because it is, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of, relationship i want to have with my kids and with my friends even just like Mm -hmm. if you love something even if i don't understand it which like i think for a lot of older people like they don't understand the streaming or youtube or podcasting it's yeah exactly it's like that all of that stuff is completely foreign to them but like there has to have been that one thing that they love to do that even if it was it didn't end up being their livelihood was something that they always did because they loved to do it. And I, I don't understand why, you know, necessarily like playing guitar or playing sports is that's OK. But this this kind of stuff is a little bit, uh, you know, is being marginalized, I guess, or just looked think, down upon. I think I think like we were talking about before, I think it's just a generational gap. I think mm-hmm. like. I'm assuming you're a millennial. Yes. Okay. So millennial. I'm I'm at the like the tail end of millennials. I think um, I'm, I'm dead center. I'm right. thirty. Almost. So 30. I'm twenty five. So, yeah. um, 
we I think millennials get a really bad rap from not necessarily baby boomers because I hate that I actually don't really like the okay boomers thing. I okay. thought it was kind of funny at first. So hot take. We we kind of do a hot take at at the end of the show, but I'm going to hot take sure. right now. I, the OK Boomer meme is is nonsense, and I don't like it. <laughs> I think it needs to stop because it's it is exactly what it's not helping anybody. It's it is no, exactly it, what you're complaining about. It's just dismissing yeah. people based on nothing. Yeah, but continue. I'm sorry. I had that was my hot, but, take. hot take. But yeah, I mean it's it's literally that <laughs> it's um. It's it's literally just I I just dislike the uh the the immediate dismissal because it's something they don't understand and mm. I mean I'm sure that we we probably do the same thing to to Zoomers 100 um, percent I think TikTok is one of those things that I think gets dismissed out of hand a lot but like is do is like we had Vine or whatever it's fine I was gonna say I think I think for me at least looking at TikTok out more TikTok TikTok <laughs> yeah shows how much I care about it um, <laughs> I I think I look at it and I'm like. I remember Vine being a lot more entertaining because I like I watch TikTok videos and I'm like, what is like, why is this funny? It does seem a lot more niche than Vine did, but that also might just be because we're not following it, you know, because there were a lot of like, there were a lot of memes on Vine that were, if you weren't in that, in it all the time, you wouldn't get. And I think that's similar. I also think there, it, this seems like kind of, there's so much TikTok in a way that there wasn't with Vine. Like, because when yeah. you would go on, like, the Explore page for Vine, you'd always kind of get the same few people. Yeah, Vine was definitely a lot more like, here's your here's your big people and some other mm. smaller people. TikTok's like, everyone's on TikTok. Exactly. Everyone's doing the same thing. And I don't think anybody actually understands why they're doing it or why it's funny. I think no. they're just doing it for the sake of doing it a yes. lot of the time. But I will, I will um, come to bad for TikTok and there is some quality content on there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there is. I just... Yeah. I, I usually it's see fun. the compilations and I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't understand this, but that's the same thing. Like there, there are things that we don't understand about Gen Z. There's things that uh, Gen X doesn't understand about us. And it's, it's frustrating when it comes from your family or, or people that should be supportive. For um, sure. I, I wish I had um, that, that dad giving me comedian money. Yeah. Um, Cause I've definitely run into Hey, like I've, I've talked to my parents and family members in general uh, multiple times. I've been like, hey, guys, like I'm really passionate about, you know, streaming. I'd really like to make it something. Obviously, I'm not huge. Obviously, you know, it's a very slow process, at least because I've been really stupid for the past year and a half, two years and how I've been approaching it until recently. But mm-hmm. regardless, like when you approach someone, you're like, hey, guys, like I'm serious about this. I want to do it. And you don't get that support. It hurts. Yeah, especially if you are, because you have you have another job, so it's not like you're just you're just kind of going off and you know throwing caution to the wind. Like you you have like having a backup, of course, is important. But like uh, you you want to have that that person there, especially when it's your family giving you, uh, you know, giving you that support. Not the other day, my aunt commented on I was I think it was about this. I think I. I had shared the post about that you were coming on and my aunt commented like, is this Alice's uh, christening photo? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, obviously not. You're bad. One, you're bad at Facebook. And two, like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Um, But listen, old people, 
You should know how Facebook <laughs> works by this point. I don't know. You should know a text post is not whatever. Um, there is one more question that was specifically submitted by Mary, who compiles all of our questions. And that okay. was, uh, why is t- Twitch called Twitch? Do you know? So, I I don't know specifically. I have, like, a guess. <laughs> okay. But well, your guess is, your guess is going to be canon for Brose, oh, at least. <laughs> all right. So here's here's the official brose canon uh, reason as to why Twitch is called Twitch. Um, I think it's called Twitch because uh, when you think of our generation, millennials, and and what we we kind of spun off into our own entertainment, um, we were just talking about Vine, we were talking about YouTube, we you know Instagram was we made Instagram, you know we made Facebook, we made Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. When I say we, I mean the millennial generation. Um, yes, those those all those platforms were made for us, where it has us twitch for something we we twitch for a tweet we twitch for a facebook notification we twitch to take a, a photo and uh twitch we twitch to make a vine and it was all this constant movement and constant brain activity where we were trying to focus into something new something creative uh some sort of outlet something to share something social anything like that and then you go to twitch and it's i'm gonna do all of that in a live setting as opposed to mm. articulating it through you know, a post or something like that. Okay. So it's just because there's so much going on. This is a single place where you can kind of get all of that at once. So you can get that Twitch of all this content. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like always what I thought. All right. So that's Canon. That's how, that's what it means. Uh, Don't look it it up. That's definitely where it came from. I mean, Um, we can talk about Justin TV, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm at least old enough to remember Justin TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Of course. It was so nice. Thank you for having uh, me. No problem, man. Um, if people want to follow you, I would I would 100% recommend they do legitimately. Even even if you hadn't done the show, you would get my rec. Where, where can they find you? Oh, thank you. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Royzoga, R-O-Y-Z-O-G-A, or at Twitter by the same name. That's R-O-Y-Z-O-G-A. Nice. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at hey, it's SOB. You can follow Matt, Rich, and Tim at, at mkesnell, at P underscore Walnuts, and at Tim R. Hansen, respectively. Uh, I want to thank Shannon Vogel for uh, doing our logo. You can find her art on Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook. Uh, Thank you to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, as always. And our theme music, as always, is When by Steven Siebert, which I think you can find on Free Music Archive. Matt usually does the outros, so I'm not good at it. Um, Is there anything else you want to say before we we, uh, cast off? that's pretty much it all right dope thank you so much again for being here uh be sure to follow roy uh and everyone you have a great rest of your week this will be my birthday week actually coming out my birthday week early birthday thank you so much it's (laughs) all right see you later everyone i obviously don't do the ends of these (laughs) boy boy